1: The distance, and it's there. Great right kick under pressure from Quade Cooper. Richie Moanga. Up it goes. Over. Here goes the siren. Ball comes back, and into touch it goes. All blacks win. Yep, yeah, well, they won. They just got there, didn't they? And uh, Richie Moanga was gold when it mattered. Uh, just after 5pm tonight then, New Zealand will know who makes the cut for Ian Foster's squad of 33 All Blacks. The run home with Kirsten Beeve will have that team naming live on SENZ. Uh, Saturday afternoon's 23-20 over the Wallabies was the final test on home soil for a lot of players, uh, in particular those uh, who are bailing out at the end of the year. And that's before the team heads to England and then France for the Rugby World Cup. To start the show right, Uh, joining us uh, now is rugby author and journalist Jamie Wall to look at what he saw over the weekend and what he expects tonight. Jamie, good morning to you. Morning, Smithy. Great to be talking with you, mate. Yeah, great to have you on, uh, Jamie. As always, uh, how would you describe uh, that performance, uh, a day or two thinking about it? Yeah, I
0: think at the time it was pretty disappointing to see the Blacks come out and play as badly as they did in that first half. It really kind of wound the clock back about 12 months because one thing that really set up that bad run of form last year was the inability to start games well and it felt like they didn't really have the ball for about this 15 minutes and by the time they did the, the Wallabies had already scored a couple of tries so that was a bit of a shock but in hindsight, looking back on it now I think it was, it might end up being maybe maybe the most important game of the All Black season if they go on and do really well at the World Cup because it showed that they had, were in a hole and could find a way to get out of it. Um, you know, they made some adjustments at halftime. The the change at halftime was was really really noticeable, and also the way that they closed the game out to manufacture that penalty was was really impressive. Uh, the way that they just backed their scrum, they 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 targeted an area where the Warriors had struggled all game, um, and won that penalty. And then Munga managed to nervelessly kick it, and then of course they had a minute and a half to. Kill of clock to kill afterwards, and they managed to do that as well. So I think that's some really, really good positive signs. Um, if that was to be that sort of situation was to arise in a Rugby World Cup knockout match. So I think, in, in the hindsight, there's more good than bad in there, but there was enough bad to sort of be like, okay, well, you know, we need to probably do some things about the way that we're playing. Um, you know, admittedly it was a B team uh, that they put out there. Things are going to be different, um, and but really on the whole i think that it showed just as a group that they've got that mental fortitude to to come back and and win games that they probably probably shouldn't
1: anyone play themselves out of the world cup
0: uh, i don't think so i don't think anyone who wasn't who probably wasn't going to be on the sheet i mean there was some Kind of up and down performance. I thought Sean Stephenson had a very interesting debut, you know, going 80 minutes and mm. half of it was pretty rough, uh, you know, being on the receiving end of those two tries at the his scored down his wing and then, and then coming back to score a really good try uh, in the second half. Uh, and then closing the game out where it looked as though he'd... appeared to me that he'd, he'd, he'd swapped positions with Will Jordan, who had, it was another guy who had a pretty scratchy game uh, as well. And it looked like that adjustment worked, worked really well uh, between those two. Um, I don't think Stevenson's going to be going. I, I'm still baffled as to like why he was starting that game anyway, not because I don't think he's a great player and he shouldn't have been in the whole time, but if Foster had picked Dallas McLeod, and that was and surely that would have been his starting spot, according to that selection logic. So I'm not sure what happened there. I think, again, McLeod um, probably did the job that he was exactly supposed to do, which was just no-nonsense, just hard running up the middle. I don't think he's um, going to be going. The only real kind of question mark I have is around half-back. I'm still not 100% convinced with Finlay Christie. I um, have heard a bit of rumour that Brad Weaver was being sent off with the All-Blake 15 just simply to keep him playing because... Had he been in the all-black squad, he probably just would have been holding tackle bags and and running water, which he's far too old and experienced to be doing. So I, that might be a slight surprise in that, in that regard, but it's more about the guys who are now available coming out of injury, and the injuries that have happened uh, is the interesting stuff. Like Joe Moody's coming back. I think he's, he goes straight in, uh, and uh, then there's the Ethan Blackadder situation. Like, what do you do now? Because Frizzell... Uh, is playing obviously playing very well. Um, Sam Finney now certainly didn't look out of place, especially in the second half when he scored what ended up being a very crucial try. So you know, do you rush Blackadder back into the team? And then you've got that injury to Brodie Ritalik, So what do you do there? Again, it's not the end of the world because Scott Barrett is playing so well. You have a very good locking joe with him and and Whitlock there, <clears throat> and some cover with with Tufo Vai. Uh, it's just again, and then because because the blind side is now I guess sorted with with Frazell's form, it's not like it's like I said a world injury world-ending um, injuries there. Again, Enor, if he's out, he can be replaced by David Havili. It's pretty much a like-for-like, and Havili does offer more of a, um, a utility value anyway. Uh, and then the other one of, of contention is the back three. So who do you take out of those out of those guys who all seem to be kind of formal? Is Narawa uh, fit? What do you do with anuku I'd take him because, he, again, he offers that utility value. Uh, but really, when it really comes down to it, we're kind of quibbling over guys who are going to be playing against Uruguay and Namibia, aren't we? Uh, I think mm. the top 15 is pretty pretty much well sorted out.
1: Did Laulala and, Laulala and Tamaiti Williams uh, do anything uh, to... Perhaps I may, put the selections in, in jeopardy.
0: Yeah, I, I think Tamari Williams struggled a, a wee bit. Uh, he was penalised a bit, uh, and it just kind of showed that his, his inex- inexperience at this at this level. I think, though, he he he's just too much of a prospect for them to just be leaving out. Um, and again, he'll benefit from being able to play these games at these pool games because I again I don't think he's going to be featuring in the in the top 15 and and maybe not even the top 23 when it comes down to the business end Um, and Nepo I think well you know the scrum still was solid enough that like that was probably probably the only thing that was working all right um, Mm -hmm. in the first half for the All Blacks and even that was put under pressure so like I said Joe Moody's got to come back in so you know someone's going to have to miss out
1: Right then, let's uh, look at um, the number 10 jersey Um, I think Moonga has uh, demonstrated to us that uh, whether he's off the bench or whether he starts he pretty much uh, is in control of his game in most situations at the moment which was proven uh, when he did come on Damien McKenzie though, a chance to uh, run the cutter and uh, to me um, and to those I was watching with it uh, was pretty rough around the edges
0: It was. It was pretty rough for DMAC, I was really impressed with Richie Moana, though and I've been really impressed with him so far this test season. There, have been, there has been a bit of a narrative around him that he's a very good super rugby player who just can't make that step up to test Well, so I don't think we're going to be having that conversation anymore. I think that penalty at the end really proved it because it was, you need a guy who can step up in, in a very precious situation and deliver and that's exactly what he did. He didn't put a foot wrong when he came off the bench as well uh, which is another perhaps narrative that's been going around that he's only really a Starter, and he doesn't really offer any uh, offer much off the bench. Well, I don't. That's clearly not true either. Uh, but I think that he is definitely the starting ten um, going forward into the, into these big games. It was it's it was a bit of a race between him and McKenzie leading up to this test. You know, the, the mind was probably winning. I think they've kind of reached the finish line on that one now. And what do you do with D Mac now? Does he play in the twenty three jersey? Um, does he get a run-up fullback perhaps In, in one, of these, one of these opening games Because the combination between Mwanga And Boat and Barrett is obviously working really well So yeah It'll be interesting to see what they do with them
1: Do uh, we read much into those uh, Results in the summer comp They're calling it In, uh, in the UK with uh, Scotland beating uh, France and uh, Wales beating England uh, Do we read much into that? Ah, uh, it's hard to
0: tell, really. I mean, the, the the France have definitely rolled their squad. There's a few guys in there whose names are pretty unfamiliar um, to me. But at the same time, I mean, you probably want to be winning those games in the same way that the All Blacks did. Like you, you want to be putting your team into a pressure situation. Like that game against uh, the Scotland and France did come down to the last play, and you know, if, if France has scored off the last play, then. Uh, one, and it just says a bit about the group. They couldn't really manage to do it. I mean, also, fair play to Scotland. Like, it's a great result for them. Because one thing that we're, we're not really talking about is we're all presuming that the All Blacks are going to be playing Ireland or the Springboks in that quarterfinal. That's all, all the talk's been about for the last like, couple of years. Scotland are playing good rugby at the moment. They're, they're not a bad team. They're going to go in as underdogs against those against Ireland or South Africa. Uh, but they're fully capable of, of pulling off uh, an upset or two. And that could really... Um, change the All Blacks fortunes uh, in this tournament if they ended up playing Scotland instead of Ireland in a quarter final. like all of a sudden it's looking a little bit a little bit different Um, and that is a Scottish team that almost uh, tipped over the All Blacks uh, last November um, up in Edinburgh so that's that's worth keeping an eye on as far as Wales and England go again like that's two teams that are kind of struggling anyway so I wasn't that uh, surprised with that kind of result but I think that it's definitely one of those ones where the All Blacks won and it's a great it's a great result, and we can take a lot of lessons out of it. But for those guys up there, they lose, and they say, oh, well, we can just write it off because it doesn't really count. So, and, and I kind of get the feeling that had the All Blacks lost on Saturday or drawn or or something, we probably would be having that kind of conversation this morning about what what does it really matter? We've, we've won the we've won the rugby championship, we've won the Blouwso Cup. There's a World Cup to come, so you know I either. Obviously, it would have been nice for uh, Ian Foster to win his last game at home, but really, what
1: would have mattered? Well, one of the interesting things for me, uh, looking down the track a wee bit, and I'm talking about uh, November when uh, Scott Robertson takes over, there was uh, definite proof in the pudding there that the players that got us out of it when we were in it at the weekend, he won't have available to him. The bulk of them, anyway, won't have available to him uh, when he takes over. Is that a sign of um, of worry or is it just a, a fact of uh, natural progression of the game in this country? yeah, great question I think I, I read some something somewhere
0: saying that there's going to be twelve Blacks moving on at the end of at the end of the season uh, the whole thing that's fascinating about Robertson taking over is that he's been given a clean, it, it very much feels like a clean slate that he's been given. Like, this will be his team moving on. And so, therefore, you'd think that uh, the guys who are leaving, a lot of them might not have been part of the plan anyway. Um, and then also, just from a holistic point of view, like, the whole nature of the All Blacks is going to change you know the way that they present themselves the way they deal with media the way that they uh their relationship with the, the governing body is uh, at least from what i'm hearing is it's going to change dramatically you know because it's the dawn of the, the silver lake era and the way that they do things on and off the field is is going to be different so it's an exciting it's an exciting time. Whether, you know what like just how successful the all blacks are going to be like going for I know this is a conversation would probably should be saving for the start of next mm-hmm. year but for me I'm actually kind of more interested about that, that that period going forward than I am about this world cup I've seen enough out of the all blacks to to know that they're going to be competitive at this world cup whether they're going to win it I'm not I'm not still not entirely convinced but what's going to happen next like that's really really interesting so you you question about you know how Scott Robinson's going to deal with things um, mm. without all these players. I think he thought that was going to be happening anyway. So, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be fascinating.
1: So, um, I, I suppose uh, we, we should just uh, give Australia a minute or two. Uh, a lot of people will say that's a much improved performance, but in effect, was it really? I mean, they, they gave away a seriously good winning opportunity.
0: Yeah, they did. I would be disappointed, and I think Eddie Jones knows that as well. For all of his chat um, post-match, I think that he knows that they blow it uh, in the end. They just needed uh, about five minutes worth of just hanging onto the ball like they had at the start of the game. And also, I mean, I'm not putting this down to the Wallabies messing up, but there's two tries that got held up over the line just through some sheer... Great defensive efforts from from the All Blacks really kind of cost them a screw because if they'd gone into the break twenty four to three up or even twenty nine to three up, like that's that's a massive mountain to climb for the All Blacks uh, against a, a team that's that a Wallabies team that's finally playing to its potential. But I think I saw enough out of them to know that you know what Eddie Jones is is doing is, is at least kind of leading to something. Whether they can actually hold that together for Four games in a row at the World Cup because you know their draw is is, is looking pretty handy. They they could they could go deep in, the, in this tournament. Uh, it's just whether they can actually pull out a performance like that, sustain it for an entire 80 minutes. But I mean you know it's it's the Wallabies. They've got they're always going to be able to put 15 good players on the field. It's just their consistency um, that matters. And I think that Eddie Jones knows that he kind of needs to maybe just shine the spotlight on the team rather than himself. Um, once the tournament starts, because he's not going to be able to talk his way out of um, too many more situations.
1: Interesting. Um, So effectively in terms of tonight, what you're saying is um, maybe uh, if you're out at uh, Napier Airport over the last uh, day or so, you might have seen uh, various uh, All Blacks drifting in. Um, But the one contentious position for you um is a Hawkes bay boy anyway so he's uh, having played for Hawks Bay in the weekend brad Webber uh, is here anyway yeah
0: yeah someone uh, go hang out hang out around, around outside of wherever he's staying and um and uh keep an eye on whether he's uh, leaving 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 his house at about four o'clock this afternoon that that would be my <laughs> yeah. uh, that would be my top
1: <laughs> the only one. Okay, Jamie, hey, thanks very much for summing that up and uh, I, I think you're right. I think very, very predictable on what we've uh, seen and uh, I don't see any real smokies uh, drifting in at the last second like we've had in previous times. Uh, thanks for your time, mate. Um, enjoy, um, I, I guess, and enjoy dissecting the selections later today. Thank you.
0: Will do. Thanks for so nothing. Cheers, mate.